Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Fascinating Nouns. We are still the galaxy's most trusted source for incredible people, places, things, and ideas. Now, as we arrive at this curious nexus point, we explore the strange, unusual, offbeat, bizarre, intriguing, interesting, invigorating, quirky, quaint, quizzical, weird, wild, wacky, the fun, the frivolous, and the fringe, plus all the spaces in between. I am your host, Daniel J. Glenn. Now, tonight, we talk about a topic that hits a lot of these points. It is, it is definitely fringe, it's a little bit quirky, and it's incredibly fun. We're going to talk about LARPing, live-action role-playing. Now, what this is is basically grown-up make-believe. So people, adults, get together, and they pretend to be other things that they're not, pretend to be people that they're not, and put into scenarios that are not real. Uh, we're going to get into more of the details in a minute, but you're probably familiar with the most, I guess, media-exposed version, which is fantasy-based, uh, you know, swords, combat, people fighting each other on weekends, dressed up in medieval armor, and, and you know, fighting the good fight, and rescuing damsels in distress, and getting gold, and, and all that. But that's just the tip of the iceberg, as we're about to learn from one Aaron Vanek, who is a local expert on LARPing, been doing this for 30-plus years, has written several essays, and, um, you know, it's just a wealth of knowledge on the subject. So we're going to talk to him right now. Why, why waste any time? Aaron, thank you so much for being here, man. Thanks for having me. Well, this is a, this is a great topic, and this is nerd stuff we're going to talk about today. Uh, and to kind of So we're going to talk about LARPing. And to kind of get into the mood, we've, we're doing this outside, and there's going to be a lot of natural sound. So I think we're just going to pretend, the audience is going to pretend, including us, we have to participate as well. We're going to get to the pillars of LARPing in a second. But everyone's going to, going to participate in this LARP, and we're going to pretend that we are not in a, in a finely crafted studio with the perfect acoustics, but that we are out in the world on our own little talking adventure. What do you think about that, Aaron? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you, use your imagination to not hear... All the uh, the sounds that you will be hearing, other than our voices, and just imagine we're disembodied heads floating <laughs> in, in in a you know quiet, perfectly acoustically tuned ether. <laughs> yes. Um, well, so now let's let's define LARPing for people at home who are, who are unfamiliar with it. Yeah, um, LARPing is uh, an acronym. Uh, L A R P stands for Live Action Role Playing, okay. and it's a term that came up. Um, after Dungeons and Dragons in the early 80s, maybe the late 70s, to sort of reflect the idea of people who would um, play Dungeons and Dragons, but not just sitting around a table rolling dice and looking at character sheets, but they would put on costumes and sort of embody their character uh, in, say, a Dungeons and Dragons type scenario out in the real world, say, to Boy Scout camp or a park or something like that. Um, that's when most people uh, recognize LARPing as related to um, the movie's role models. Um, there's one out recently called Knights of Bad Astem. Um, LARPing is appearing in a lot of TV shows, um, Supernatural, um, in the, uh, the old series Heavy, I think it was called. Um, it appeared there. So it's, it's appearing more and more, but as I've been getting into live-action role-playing, and I've been doing it for almost 30 years uh, since I was a kid, uh, I realized that this technique, activity, hobby, sport, art, whatever you want to call it, goes back uh, to me, I believe, it goes back thousands of years. And the idea of LARPing to me was what the shaman did when um, he would put on an animal skin and reenact the hunt. It's play-pretend. And it's play pretend without an audience. So it's separate. It's different from theater because in theater you have the fourth wall and you have an audience that watches performers performing you know, Shakespeare or whatever with the idea of a cathartic revelation. But, but the audience is passive. They just sit back and watch. In LARPing you're active and it's interactive and you have control um, over the story and the narrative and it's communal collaborative storytelling um, with everybody in a group, and you're not doing it for an audience, you're doing it for yourself. And if you think of LARPing like that, all of a sudden the horizons broaden greatly. And to me, I think of things like um, mock trials, the Model U, uh, United Nations, uh, nursing simulations, military simulations, uh, things like that all fall under 
live action role playing. Um, and it goes back again, I think thousands of years. It's just this term LARP is very modern. Now, now you, you've written the quintessential essay on LARPing, which is, it's a fantastic essay. I have to say, I, I haven't seen um, a lot of people write uh, an academic paper on LARPing. And you kind of, you take, because there's lots of different things that fall under the category of LARPing and you kind of break them down um, very scientifically and academically. We're gonna get to that in a second. First of all, I want to know what your first LARP was uh, before we get into the, the nitty-gritty of, of like defining it in, a, in a, the nuances. And then I'm going to tell you what my first LARP was. You first. Okay, sure. Um, uh, my first LARP, the actual, like, my first LARP. Um, that, and it can even I, be, like, play, like, pretend when you yeah, were kids. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, okay. That's what it was. I was playing um, Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, Nerd. Weird. Was that? Nerd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was playing Dungeons and Dragons um, with my friends, and we just—I I just sort of got tired of of being by, just sitting down. And across the street from where I lived um, was was uh, a place we call Mummy's Cave. Um, it was in the San Francisco <laughs> Bay Area, and it was yeah. just a wash. It was just like a sewer wash um, by the railroad tracks. There was a railroad train. And all the high school kids would go there and smoke dope and have sex and things high school kids do. We were like, I think I was like 10 or 11 at the time. I was young. But um, there was all these eucalyptus trees there, and they were huge, and they looked like temple columns. And we went over there, and, you know, it's just like what, what boy, you know, young boys do, young kids do, is just going over and pretending they're somewhere else. But I just kind of turned it into sort of a Dungeons & Dragons adventure, and I kind of grabbed a stick and jumped out from a tree and said, okay, this orc attacks you. And we started like stick fighting, uh, stuff like that. And then I started actually writing down adventures for like mummy's cave, like go fight the mummy. And it was just <laughs> yeah. me, you know, sort of describing it sort of Dungeons and Dragons, LARP. Um, but that was it. It's that, that essence of stuff. And then I, I used to go to um, gaming conventions. There was one up in the Bay Area called Pacificon, uh, which is still going on, so whatever, 35, 40 years or something. And that was just, you know, D&D and all the, all the role-playing games. But one year there was an organized group doing it, and I'm not exactly sure which one it was, but I believe it was the IFGS, or International Fantasy Gaming Society. I believe Whoa. that's what it was. IFGS. Um, yeah, they started from um, a book by Larry Niven and Stephen Barnes called Dream Park, which, it, which had an IFGS. So there's a no fiction novel called Dream Park, that the IFGS actually started uh, a company doing LARPs based on the book, sort of. So they were running one at Pacificon, and it was very simple. You go in different hotel rooms and would fight these monsters and, you know, solving puzzles and stuff like that. It was funny. It's like when you got into combat, you would actually roll a die, a 20-sided die, like in D&D. &D. <laughs> yeah. So this GM is going around with you from room to room, and then, okay, I attacked this thing, and then he goes, okay, pick up this die and roll it, and, like... Couldn't we have done something else? But, but that was sort of the first organized LARP um, that, that I did. So I was really young doing it and didn't really even realize it was called LARP, but that's what I was doing. Well, it's funny because when, when I was a kid, uh, I was also into kind of fantasy stuff like that. But before I played D&D, &D, when I was a little kid, I remember there was I lived in a, in a complex that had, like, there was construction going on. They were building new, like a new suburb. And they had this big, like, hole in the ground that just filled with rainwater. And we, and so I remember there were a couple kids, and we'd go there and pretend it was a lake. And we'd walk around with big sticks. And we didn't fight each other. It was more like fighting the environment, like getting over hills. And the more we had, like, an obstacle course. And when you finish the obstacle course, you went up a level. So people would be like, I'm level 12, I'm level, and that's how it worked. And you could do other things. And that's how, like, that, and it wasn't really a LARP in the sense that, well, I guess it wasn't its truest form. There weren't a lot of, like, hard rules about anything, but it was more of, like, just playing and having fun. And I think that that's kind of the key that I want to express, like, right off the bat is LARPing, and I don't want to say it has a bad name, but but the, the stigma that's attached to it is all fantasy nerds and, like, like going and doing um, orcs and goblins and all that. And, look, I, I think that stuff's pretty cool. And if you don't think that's cool, there's still a LARP out there for you because it's really just playing in the world. You know, if you like post-apocalyptic stuff, and there's zombie LARPs. You know, there's you can do any anything that your imagination can handle, you can do, you know? Yeah, there, there's essentially uh, LARPing as as what I consider an art form. It's it's one. I'm one of the few. Most people consider it a hobby, or at least in America, they consider it a hobby. Some mm -hmm. consider it a sport, um, but I think of it as as an art form, and it's as varied 
uh, contextually and, and geographically and whatever as any other art form, as movies and literature and music. So there are LARPs about anything. There's there's uh, one that was a collection of Broadway, you know, all the Broadway um, show tune characters come together, and it was called Lullaby of Broadway. <laughs> um, and so you're singing. There's... Um, um, I consider a Stanford prison experiment to be a LARP. Mm. Um, there's prison LARPs. There's LARPs where, you know, you could be playing um, uh, someone close to yourself and, you know, yourself or in zombies attack. You could do, you know, you can play anything. And one of my lines is that uh, the fantasy style uh, campaign LARPs, we get in sort of the timing campaign, meaning it's a continuing story. It goes on for... Uh, months or years even or or you know potentially forever that goes on like like dne campaigns those fantasy campaigns with a live combat where you're hitting someone with a foam sword are to larps as superheroes are to comic books so they're the most prevalent they're the most colorful they're the most popular but if you know comic books or graphic novels you realize that that there's a huge range of material you know, of, of, of subject matter and, and content and age range and complexity and everything like that. And LARP is the same way. So it's just that the, the fantasy campaign LARPs just kind of have the lion's share of, of press, so to speak. Yeah, that's actually, that's a great analogy, the comic book thing, because I'm into, you know, I know comic books pretty well. I mean, that's a perfect way to describe it, um, because there are, com- anything you're into, someone's written a graphic novel about it or a comic book or some sort of illustrated story about whatever you're, you're talking about. Um, well, let's, let's because def- I really like the, the definition of LARP, I guess you call them the pillars of LARPing in your essay. Let's talk about those, because I think they give a basis, and they can, then we can kind of talk about examples that do or do not fit into that, so that people at home can know that they, whether they have or have not been LARPing, either by accident or on purpose. Right. Uh, so you want to go into the first? Uh, you know these pretty well. Why don't you? Uh, yeah. yeah, I hope so, I, I, that I remind, uh, remember them. Um, the essay, also I kind of want to say real quick, the essay that you refer to, um, so shout out plug, you can read it, it's free, it's available on Scribd, S-C-R-I-B-D dot com, and it's called Cooler Than You Think, Understanding Live Action Role Play, so just go on to Scribd.com and look for um, Cooler Than You Think, Understanding Live Action Role Play, and it's not really academic, what's funny is there are lots of academic essays about LARP, and it's growing, um, I'm uh, put out a book right now, I'm mailing a book called the Weird Con Companion Book, which is also free if you go to WeirdCon, W-Y-R-D-C-O-N.com, WeirdCon.com. There's a link there to WeirdCon Companion Books. There's a section in there of actual academic essays um, that are peer-reviewed by PhD doctoral candidates researching LARP. So it is getting very serious um, in America. Um, internationally, it's more academic than it is here. Um, but it is getting more academic and scholarly here in the States. But my essay, I was reacting to um, the European academic essays, mainly by this convention uh, that travels between Norway, Denmark, Finland, and Sweden called Nutpunk, which I mispronounce in in my American language, but it has a different name uh, uh, for each country that it's in, but it's roughly Nutpunk, which means nodal point, N-O-D-A-L point, um, and it comes every year in the uh, late winter, like fall, or I'm sorry, um, March, April. And uh, anyway, I read a bunch of their essays. They've been pu- putting out essays associated with the convention for years. The convention's almost like 20 years old, I think. Um, and, and I was just reacting to it. It just blew my mind to read all these essays and go, oh, my God, this is, this is awesome. This is actually talking about LARPing in a serious manner and actually considering, like, what are good techniques and what are good players and what are good GMs and what are good stories and what can you do? And it's actually looking at the art. Again, I consider an art, but examining the art of it, critical theory of an art form to me. So my essay was a reaction to it, but specifically wasn't academic. So I want to I want to clarify that because all the academics, when they hear you say academic, they're just going to you know grab their pitchforks and come after me. So um, it is not an academic essay, but it is cited. A lot of people refer to it. Um, it gets a lot of stuff out there. It's designed for people who aren't experienced with LARPing um, so as an entryway. It's it's not designed you know with academic language and stuff like that. It's designed for for people who just want to know about it. It's got illustrations and stuff. So. 
That being said, now that we've lost half our audience, yeah, na- wow. na- now, <laughs> na- yeah, now that I said all that, the the what I came up with, it was very hard for me to define what a LARP is. It was very difficult, and I was going around as I was thinking about this essay, and I wanted to write something, um, and I'm thinking like, well, what about like paintball games, and what about you know, the Society for Creative Anachronism and historical reenactors like Civil War reenactors. And I'm like, is that LARPing? Is that LARPing? And, and, and I kept trying to say, this is a LARP. This is not a LARP. This is a LARP. This is not a LARP. And it, and it was just going, it was driving me nuts before I finally kind of came to the epiphany that, that it's, it's a vague, nebulous border. It's not a solid border between what is LARP and what is not, at least to me. And that some things are LARP-like, um, even if, if if not full-fledged a LARP. And I don't want to differentiate between this is a LARP, this is not a LARP. Um, I like the idea of things that are sort of LARP-y, LARP-ish, and I explore that stuff. I love that. So, But what I came up with is sort of three criteria for determining if something is a LARP or not, and the more they are these things, the more LARP-like it is, if, if such a thing could be stated. So... Um, the the three things, and I, I'm, I don't know if this is the right order or not, but is um, that um, that you don't narrate your actions, that you uh, perform them, that you get up and, and do something, which is what separates this from Dungeons & Dragons. So in Dungeons & Dragons, you narrate. It's, it's storytelling, oral storytelling in Dungeons & Dragons and other role-playing games where you sit around a table and you tell stories. But in LARP, you get up and do the actions. You don't say, oh, my character's going to open the door. You get up and you open the door and suffer the consequences. Um, so you're actually performing. Um, it's different from theater in that all the participants um, um, involved in it have a say in the narrative of the story. There's no passive um, participant, like I said in earlier with the theater, so that even though there's, say, a designer or GM, game master, which is, again, coming from D&D, uh, a lot of terms now are LARP-right, um, that people are using LARP-right, like a, like a playwright um, or designer. The, the designer has some, definitely some say in what happens, but the players' participants do as well. I don't always necessarily call them players, but participants. All participants have a say in what is happening uh, in, the, in the narrative story. Um, so that's that's the second one. And then the third one to me, which is one of the most critical and crucial one, is that that all participants together create and constantly recreate this bubble of make believe, this bubble of make believe that surrounds all the participants. And and um, uh, Hizinga calls it and I'm mispronouncing the name. Um, a magic circle. It's called a magic circle. It's also called a liminal space. But the idea is that that within this room or this park or you know this this hotel ballroom, wherever the LARP is taking place, things are not exactly what they seem inside there, and that includes yourself. Everything in this sort of invisible make-believe space we have created, within that, things are not what they necessarily appear to be. They might be. A table might be a table, but maybe it's not. Maybe the table is actually, you know, Mm. a Starship console or something like that. Mm. Um, And so we have to, we participants have to constantly create that thing through our actions and interactions. So I have to react to, say, a guy with green face paint walks in. I don't walk, uh, you know, I don't react as, oh, that's my friend Joe with green face paint. That's an orc. And I have to react accordingly. So my action um, uh, creates this bubble of make-believe around stuff. And it's got borders. And and it's very interesting to look at how people set up the border of the bubble is it transparent or opaque? In other words, can the can the real world see inside, or can you see the real world outside? And how easy is it for people to leave and enter that bubble, go back and forth? Uh, and then also, um, uh, what happens in the bubble? In other words, how do things react? How do you cast spells, magic spells, inside the bubble? And how do you fight someone without actually hurting them inside the bubble and things like that. So those are the three pillars, again. You well, know, you missed the first one, I want to say. You missed the first one is um, totally everyone's, everyone's a participant. You got this. You started with the second one and, like, went oh. through your thing. The first one is everyone's a participant, which is that's, that's important. I mean, right. I assume you don't want people who are, are not participating. Well, that's, that's, that's right. key. 
I mean, I went I went over it, but I reversed it. Oh, <laughs> my, okay. my my number two was actually my number one. But um, yeah, everyone being a participant, like I said, it's it's not theater. The 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 everyone as a participant separates LARPing from theater. The idea that there's Hamlet LARPs. There's been a couple of LARPs based on Hamlet. But in these LARPs, which I have not participated in, it may be possible to change what happens or to focus on something that isn't focused on the play. So it's not necessarily that, that you know, everybody dies at the end. Spoiler alert if you haven't read Hamlet. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, that, that, uh, that everybody dies. Maybe not. Maybe Ophelia survives, you know, and, and doesn't kill herself or, you know, maybe... Hamlet doesn't die, and et cetera, et cetera, based on the actions. The idea is that you can change the story to, you know, what happens in there. And that's very interesting. That's very powerful, too. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, uh, everyone is a participant. Everyone has uh, some degree of control over the narrative and the story. You do your actions. You don't narrate them. And you constantly create and recreate this make-believe space, which I call a bubble. A lot of people refer to, again, as a magic circle or a liminal space. Well, now let's talk about the oh, and, and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. That was uh, the yep. same thing with Hamlet. Like, there's you need to take uh, tertiary characters and create a world based on that, which is kind of kind of what what the fun thing you can do with LARPing. So let's talk about some of the the jargon in, in a way. And this is and I think what we'll do is we'll take an example of one and we'll walk through it uh, like a basic one to get people kind of understanding because you can really do anything with this. But there are some you know like where the Venn if you had a Venn diagram, there's you know, common overlap, but not everyone's the same. But some of the some of the uh, the like words that I've heard are hold PCs, NPCs, D and D, GM, a fizzer, and a boffer. Fizzer up, I think is yeah. Fizzer up is a, is one, and bopper. And some of these come from you know tabletop D and D, which was kind of the first the first way to replicate you know the physics of the real world with dice in storytelling. And then LARPing is like one step further, removing. You know the well, taking the constraints of tabletop and of paper and pencil and putting it in the real world. Uh, so some like NPC and PC player characters, NPCs, uh, non-player characters. Uh, but I'll let you 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 would describe all this stuff, man. You're the expert. Um, supposedly, <laughs> um, a, a lot. Of, there's a lot of words and jargon that that are used in in LARPing. I mean, itself being an acronym, live action role playing, and and LARPers argue over should LARP be capitalized or not, which is hilarious. So you'll see it capitalized, L-A-R-P, and then you can also see it lowercase, L-A-R-P, and that's a huge argument, which is great because LARPers um, love to do nothing. Like all nerds, we love nothing more than arguing um, amongst ourselves. <laughs> over trivial matters. That, over the, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, something that doesn't matter when you know mainstream media is ignoring us and not considering us anything, and here we are fighting each other. Yay, LARPers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, there's a lot of terms that we use uh, to refer to stuff, and some of them come from uh, either Dungeons and Dragons, table, tabletop role-playing games. Um, a lot of them come also from like video games and MMORPGs, like uh, World of Warcraft. Um, so like GM being one of the, the, the top ones, which, which refers to game master, and that's what they're called in Dungeons and Dragons, a GM. And it just spread into LARPing. Um, so a lot of people refer to them as GM, but um, I think that's a misnomer because the, the term game master, and, and I don't always consider LARPs games. That's, that's unusual. A LARP doesn't necessarily have to be a game because my definition of a game has a win state. In other words, there's winners and losers to, to me. That, that's my definition of game. Other people do, can and do argue with that. I think of LARPing more as play. Play you know, if you're playing house or, you know, a tea party or you're playing cops and robbers, there's not really a win state. You're just playing. And so I look at LARP closer to play than closer to games. But anyway, one of the popular terms is game master or GM. Um, another one is PC or player character, which means you're a real person, player. So players refer to the actual you, whoever you are. Um, and the character is the character you're playing. Sometimes, some LARPs, that character is very close to you. Other times, it's very, very far removed from you. Um, uh, my thing real quick, here's a quick tangent. Um, I look at the possibility of being character as being anywhere from 1% you to 99% you. So that when you're playing, you're never 100% yourself in a LARP, and you're never not yourself because you're at least 1% yourself because you're trapped in your own body and you're seeing and hearing and 
experiencing things based on your own senses. And even if you're playing yourself, you're playing yourself in a situation that is not absolutely, totally 100% real. So if Hmm. it's like you're playing yourself and it's a zombie apocalypse, it's not really the zombie apocalypse. It's just your friends in makeup. You know, so you're never 100% yourself and you're never 0% yourself. Um, NPC, NPC is a non-player character. Again, this comes from tabletop role-playing games, and, and a lot of LARPs don't really have non-player characters. Everyone kind of has PC status, so to speak. But a non-player character in, in D&D and stuff, and a lot of LARPs, um, are, are someone who's kind of controlled by the GM to be an antagonist or or it's anything that's not the player character so it can be a monster it can be the 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 wise old uh, man that gives you hints on how to you know defeat the evil dragon it could be the princess it could be the king to put you on the quest it's it's anything that's not the player character well, can i step in yeah. cuz yeah. i think if you relate it to film a little bit because to say it to say an npc is anyone who's not a player character is, is it is correct, but I mean, they're really people with like speaking lines. Yeah. Because like, if you have extras, extras yeah. are like the monsters and orcs and stuff like that. But anyone has a speaking line, some some way to push the story along, or is required for the story. Yeah. So that's fair. They're bit. Yeah, exactly. They're bit players. Yeah. They're they're your they're your secondary cast. You know, the the one liners. They're in for a scene. They got this great scene, and then and then they're out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And and a lot of times NPCs people they'll rotate. You know, because say if you're on a weekend LARP and you have one NPC where the king quests you, so here's your big scene is the king, and then, you know, the next day, say that's Friday night, and then the big battle is Saturday night. That same NPC might actually play the villain that the king uh, quested you to get. You know, something yeah, like that, yeah, just yeah. based on how many people are willing to to be NPCs. So sure. sometimes you'll you know you'll double up uh, and take multiple roles. Well, I think you you have to. I mean, if you you only have a certain number of people and you have to tell the story. I mean, not everyone can. Have, otherwise, you have someone like you said coming in on Friday and their big scenes on Friday, and then they got the weekend off. Like, what fun is that? Yeah, yeah. So so they'll rotate. I mean, there's tons of different ways of of doing this because not all LARPs are weekend LARPs. Some are just a couple hours long on one day. Some are days long, weeks long, a month long. Um, so the the time range of of LARPing can be very different. Um, there's a lot of other terms that, that come up. Um, a lot of them are sort of game-specific. Another term that you hear often is boffer. Um, boffer refers to the foam sword or weapon. It could be a you know battle axe or a spear or whatever, but it's the foam um, weapon that, that replicates a real weapon that people hit with. Those are most common, and, and some of those are really detailed. The, the craftsmanship on them has exploded, and they're, they're just, I mean, some of those things are badass. They're really badass. Uh, weapons um, you know the, the people making them some are so so talented and they look totally realistic so you got to be careful like you know if you're flying to another LARP and trying to get that through TSA um, so boffer is a term that, that you'll hear a lot um, uh, sometimes you'll hear something like a hold hold is a command um, that says stop there's a real world emergency or or situation you know someone falls and you know sprains their ankle or something or the police arrive and they want to know what's going on you have to do stop (laughs) everything break you basically break the bubble hold means break the bubble something's important so so the bubble drops the magic circle drops and everybody becomes their real person and and you know disengages from the game for some kind of real world concern um some of the other interesting terms that are coming from the nordic um, situation uh, that that are that are the hot terms right now. Um, one I kind of hinted at is agency. Agency is your control, um, meaning how much control you have over the narrative. Um, a lot of times I like games where I, as a character, have a high degree of agency. Meaning, you know, if I'm playing Hamlet, I might not die. I can change the ending. Um, so that varies. Sometimes there's very little agency. Um, for the for the players, sometimes a lot of it is uh, held by the GM. Um, sometimes the players have tons of agency, and they can go wherever they want and do whatever they want. Um, another big term from the Nordics is bleed, B-L-E-E-D, and it's not bleed blood, um, but bleed like dye or, or paint that's bleeding into other things. And bleed refers to um, emotional feelings. Um, that you feel because this happens. In other words, if you go into the game and you are pissed um, at this guy who's playing in the game, say you're really mad at this guy, 
uh, in the real world. You know, they, whatever, took your girlfriend or, you know, beat you in poker or whatever. And then you take that out on their character in game. Like, your characters had nothing to do with each other, but because you're pissed, real world, you, you, your emotions bleed in uh, into your character and you take it out on the character. Uh, the reverse of that is bleed out, where the experience you have as a character comes out as a player um, and these aren't always negative. A positive one that happens a lot in LARPs is, is love or intimacy or lust. Um, is, uh, you know, you, you're playing a character uh, whose characters are attracted to someone else. You know, two characters are attracted, um, and then that leads to a uh, real-world relationship. Your care, you know, and, and desire for this character becomes a desire for the player, and, and stuff happens. So there's tons of, uh, you know, breakups, Hookups, breakups, and LARPs—all stuff like that—and it's and it's a bleed-out situation. Well, let's—I want to—I want to stop you for a second because I've got a couple. I want to explore some of these things a little bit because the bleed-out thing is interesting because everything you're saying—it's basically like—and maybe this is because I've got a background in acting and I studied film and theater and all this stuff—is that it's it's like it's it's more of like acting for the for the non-professional. You know, it's like if you don't, if you're not getting paid to act, really, that's all you're doing is you're going and you're setting up a scene and you're just acting, and so. You know, when actors, you know, there's actors who have love scenes together and then, you know, after the movie's over, they end up dating. You know, I mean, these when you're playing with these emotions, that's what, hap that's what happens. What's kind of funny is there's lots of movies based on this. Um, Darkon's one. There's another one you, you tipped me off to. Um, Nights Badass. Nights, no, no, no. It was, it's a different one. Role Models? No, that was a... No, it's just, Monster it's, Camp? That's the one. Monster <laughs> Camp. Yeah, you got them all, man. And it's funny because in, in that, this weird situation happened where you had two people who were dating in real life and then in the bubble they were like th th their characters like the girl was dating another guy's character like and and they seemed okay with it but i don't know like these kinds of things especially because that one was about going away for the weekend and it's almost like you know like summer camp you know like these types of when you get a bunch of people together who do it's like going to a convention or something you get a bunch of people who like to do certain things this is what they have in common it's like escaping the real world it's like, you know, it's like meta-meta, you know, it's like they're escaping the real world by escaping into another world, you know, and, and by when you're not playing the game, when you're not LARPing, then you're living together and hanging out together, which is away from the real world, and in that in-between world, you know, that, that's where things get kind of, kind of, can get kind of crazy, <laughs> you know Kind of I mean? weird. Kind of yeah. weird, you know, because, you know, you start, you have feelings for people, you know, you, you know, you're around other people that you wouldn't normally be around, then when you step back in, you go back to your day job, it's like, you know. That, that was all part of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, no, this, this, all this happens, and and fortunately, thanks to the increase in academics and scholarly research and stuff, we could put terms on it and be aware of it, yeah, and discuss it and look at it, which we weren't doing before. It's been going on for years. Now we're actually able to look at it and put terms like bleed or um, alibi. The other one that came up recently is called alibi, and the idea is that you have an alibi when you put a, a, a character the mask of a character, the mask of role-playing on. You have an alibi. So you could be, um, can, I, can I swear? Yes, definitely. God damn it, Aaron, swear. Well, okay. So you could be a total asshole um, uh, as a character, and that's like an alibi. So again, if you're really pissed at someone in the real world, you just say, oh, yeah, my character was a total ass to you. It's not me. It's just that was my <laughs> alibi to be a total dick to you. Right. But, it, oh, that's not me. So it's an alibi. And that, that, that works both good and bad. So alibi... It's like passive-aggressive. The passive... Y yeah, you can Absolutely. That. The alibi is like, oh, like that. And a lot of times you can use an alibi like, oh, no, I'm not cheating on my girlfriend when I in-game <laughs> had sex with this other character. <laughs> right. Because those are characters. We yeah, didn't man. do it. You know. So, yeah, it gets, you know, it gets very tricky. It gets very confusing. And at least now we're in a situation where we're able to understand this. We're able to talk about it. We're able to give terms to it. It and and language and explanation and explore is this good is this bad how do you deal with it uh, is a new thing how how can you you know how do you deal with these emotions when they come up you know and and some of the LARPs at least in the Nordic countries um, are designed to do this specifically to explore uh, you know these intense emotions and to create bleed and have you examine your own feelings of loyalty and love and devotion and you know, anger and hatred and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They're actually designed for that. 
Um, Sounds like a reality show. Sounds like something that like Fox would put on the air, like Temptation Island, or you know, like. There's so many. Um, every pitch season, I get like two or three phone calls from from people trying to make a LARP reality show, and <laughs> really? there is one coming up on ABC. Actually, there's okay. a, yeah, there's I can't remember what it's called, but you're don't, you're, no, you're, not, you're not you're not involved, so don't don't yeah don't, exactly. Don't promo but it. yeah, ABC's got this big reality show coming up. I can't remember what it's called, where it's you know a contest, and and they're all fantasy LARPers and stuff, but. No, they, they've been trying to do this for a while. That um, makes sense. Well, let's talk about two other words I want to get into. So, sure. hold, you said the police come by. That's got to be the most awkward situation to have, especially because a lot of stuff takes place in, like, parks or, you know. What do you say to the cops? And Are they, like, just rolling their eyes? And has anyone been arrested? Or how, what, what, uh, what's that like? Uh, no one's been arrested that I know of. Um, two, two things. There was, um, there was a... Uh, a uh, panel at the last weird con again to give it a plug WYRD uh, con <laughs> but it was a cop <laughs> but but the reason why is because there was a cop there he's a larper and a cop and and his panel was what to say to the cops when they show up <laughs> so if if you look on the and the reason why I mentioned is cuz if you look on the weird con site I think that video is up there you can see so the answer to this question is Look at the weird con site. There's <laughs> videos. It was recorded, and that cop will tell you what to say. That's great. Um, but basically, you know, they just want to make sure everything's okay. You know, you probably want to call. You do not want to approach them with weapons out, with your sword out, because <laughs> some of those look. Re- I mean, they look realistic, and and a lot of games are um, have have weapons, right? So a zombie post-apocalypse has weapons. If you're doing an old west, you know, western LARP, you know, it looks like you got revolvers, you got a rifle. You don't want to be coming up to the cop. You know, holding your pistol at him because he can't, you know, at 100 feet, he can't tell that's not a real pistol sometimes. Some of them look really good. So that's how you get shot and you want to avoid that kind of thing, I would think. So that's one thing. But usually I just want to make sure everyone's okay because, you know, it's probably yelling and screaming and the neighbors hear it and they freak out and go, you know, they're running around hitting each other. And, and the cop thinks, oh, my God, it's a gang warfare. Yeah, uh, so, you know, you got to simmer it down and talk to them and stuff like that. Um, and one advice I have, because I did this, I was at a LARP and the police showed up. It was a noise complaint. And and I stayed in character and had a French accent. And I said something <laughs> it, like with a stupid French accent to the cop. And he's like, what's his problem? And it's like, oh, right. I really need to drop character when I'm dealing with law enforcement. That's so hardcore, man. You stayed in it. Dude. Yeah. Wait, wait, I was just walking past. I mean, it wasn't like I'm, I'm going to have a conversation with him as a cop. It was more of like I'm walking past and I made a, like some I don't even remember what I said. Some passing comment. But it was in this stupid French accent, and the cop's like, what is up with that guy? So uh, at least in America, drop character when you're dealing with the police. Um, in the other countries, it's so funny. They're, they're more hardcore. They're like, no way, man. We stay in character the whole time. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, in America, our police officers are armed, and they like to shoot people. So <laughs> yeah. we can't do that here. Sorry. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, it happens. You know, people... Um, hear about it, but fortunately with more media exposure and reality shows and things like that, one reason why I, I don't mind all this stuff, even if you know a lot of people complain, oh, it's not portraying LARP right, it's bad. I'm like, yeah, but you're increasing the awareness of it. So if someone sees some stupid show um, and, and sees what's going on, even if it's a horrible portrayal of LARP, at least, they're, at least if they're mentioning the word LARP, and they see it in the park, and they go to the Boy Scout camp, or they see it somewhere, they go, oh, oh, yeah, you're doing this thing. I, I now understand what's going on. I'm not freaked out. I, I see what's going on. I understand it. So I, I think all this media exposure is great, and it helps us deal with the police. The police may have heard of this now and are thinking not that it's, you know, a satanic cult. It's just, oh, it's a bunch of LARPers. Okay. Pretending to be in a satanic cult. Exactly. Right. Uh, well, and the other thing that's funny is the boffers. So these, these things are realistic, and they're all foam, swords and stuff. The craziest thing is I'm watching these, and I've seen people do this in real life, but also in the documentaries. You're looking at the most unathletic people on the planet. No offense to anyone who's LARPing. And they're they're practicing these, like, combat moves. And they're just made up for LARPing. But they're practicing them with such zeal that I'm, like, impressed. I was like, I don't know if I could take that guy out, like, in a sword fight. Like, if it was if it really came down to it, uh, you might have me. You know, some of these, I mean, that's one of the other benefits, too, of, of LARPing is um, that, yeah, I mean, the, the traditional... The um, traditional, uh, 
whatever stereotype of, of a geek and nerd is live in the basement, you know, fat white guy living in his mom's <laughs> basement and stuff like that's that. That's it. That's it. And right? and yes, there's a grain of truth to that. But but, um, you know, with LARPing, a lot of these people um, are they're not sitting around a table with D&D or sitting on their ass playing a video game, you know, twitching around on some keyboards, you're actually outside in the sun running around and swinging swords and you're getting more athletic. I mean, having physical activity is a big deal. You know, we have a huge obesity problem here in America. So having these people get out and being athletic and a lot of times they're so dedicated to it that they start practicing. In other words, they want to get better at sword fighting. So they start taking, you know, kendo class, martial arts classes, or or they start exercising or something like that because they want to be better at the LARP and better at combat. So more power to the LARPers. And yeah, there was, um, I was at a um, Amped Guard, uh, A-M-T-G-A-R-D, which is one of the oldest uh, LARPs, they've been around for years and years, um, thing yesterday, and there were, you know, there was sparring there, and there was like a 60-year-old man with a pot belly who was kicking my ass, you know, <laughs> because they're they're really good. Yeah, they will get really good at it, and, you know, some of the stuff, these people are good. They're, they're not slouches, a lot of them. You know, if you get years of experience doing this, these people will be good. Yeah. Know? Well, and it's and so this this brings us to the next point is there are LARPs that are combat based and some that are not combat based. Um, like when I was in college, one of the first little mini documentaries that I did, I may or may not put this up on the website. I haven't decided yet. But I, I did. Um, I was pretending to film a documentary. It's Ma- Vampire the Masquerade, which is a LARP about vampires and vampire families. And there's many different types of vampires for those of you out here who did not realize that. And, you know, what we what they did is the way they solved conflict was through paper, rock, scissors. And there wasn't like you didn't roll dice. They didn't really have hit points, but it was more of like damage. And I, I don't really actually know what happened if you lost, to be perfectly honest with you. But I know that that's how they solved it. What did they yeah. do, man? Yeah. Um, uh, Vampire the Masquerade is also one of the most popular LARPs. So real quick in America, um, my ballpark figures are that about, say, 60 percent of all LARPs are fantasy foam combat campaigns probably about 30 percent are you yanking these out of your keister or is this coming from somewhere uh it's out of my keister but it's it's um it's an experienced keister all right that's cool all right (laughs) it's experienced keister yeah um so i'd say about 50 to 60 percent are the fantasy uh combat larps and 30 percent are world of darkness or vampire the masquerade which is a published rule book you can actually buy this by white wolf publishing so look it up you can buy the books you can join in it's an organized scenario and system um that you can play um the vampire stuff so you want to play a vampire vampire the masquerades for you it's been going on since 93 95 93 um and uh, that's out and then the remaining 10 percent are other science fiction zombie western whatever but with the vampire ones it's it's theater style there one of the big distinctions between in larping is between the the um live combat style and the theater style and in live combat style you for conflict or combat you actually hit someone with something like a foam sword um you're actually making contact with them in theater style combat is representational meaning instead of hitting them with something you you do rock paper scissors or sometimes you just draw cards. You know, you got like a deck of cards, and you know, highest card wins. Um, dice isn't used very much anymore, but there, but it's any kind of representational thing where you're not actually striking someone. And there's so many variations and so many permutations to those. But that's one of the big distinctions: theater style combat is represented, and live combat style where you're actually physically interacting with them. And one th- one point I want to make is um, one distinction is that. Just because combat is representational does not mean there's not a lot of combat. In, a, in other words, I've been in a theater-style uh, LARP, um, one called Starship Valkyrie, uh, run by Christian Brown out here. It's like Battlestar Galactica, Star Trek, um, but in his own world, you know, your crew on a spaceship. I've been in games where it's almost all combat. You know, it was, it was a wartime situation. We're going up against the aliens. It was combat, 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 you know, for four hours. Um, but it was all representational. So just because it's a representational does not mean there's a lot of combat. It just means that you're not actually striking them. It just, you know, you're using some other method of indicating you've hit and hurt them. Okay. Yeah, and that's what's kind of, I think people have a hard time wrapping their head around that because they're so used to seeing people swinging swords and looking at orcs. And But there's so much more you can do, and there's a lot of things that are kind of story-based where there isn't any combat. You know, um, now let's let's talk about how does how does the game like actually work 
if you have a give a game master and he's you know because basically it's like a choose your own adventure in a way and so he's got kind of like the basic broad strokes of the story how does he guide people in the right way or what if people just go way off the rails and the story he wanted to tell and had planned for gets thrown off by you know something um as a, as a designer, because I design and write a lot of stuff, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love it when the players really? take it and run it. Yeah, a lot of people don't. Um, uh, th- there's there's many ways to do this, and I guess a good analogy to look at all these facets of LARPing um, is a mixing desk, an audio mixing board like that one. Um, and you have a <laughs> lot of levers, um, you know, between, be- you know, um, uh, between certain degrees. So one is, say, for example, an extreme amount of GM control where the plot is almost like a railroad and you, you have to go this way and the only choice you have is how fast you go. Like Choose Your Own Adventure, it's already set. The ending is already set. The major you know, stages along the way are set, things like that, to almost no GM control where they just kind of create a world the players create the characters and they do whatever they do and there's almost no GM control. And obviously there's a lot of levels in between those two. Um, so one way to look at it, and this is actually out on the Nordic LARP too, you can look for the mixing desk of LARP, which is great to look at, and you can see all these different facets and permutations and levels between them and you can set them. Um, so a lot of LARPs, uh, there's a lot of variation in, in doing them. There's no set one way of creating it, but typically typically on a fantasy foam combat campaign there's uh gm or designers usually it's it's a team if it's really big it might be one um they write certain encounters like a dungeon dragons game they say okay you know the 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 orcs are going to attack the village at this point and then the dragon rises at this point and then you know the great evil god rises at this point whatever and the players will interact with those and maybe the the orcs attacking the village takes you know much longer than they thought so then they have to push the dragon attack back and if that takes much longer maybe they don't even do the evil god rising in this weekend they might do it next weekend or something like that or it goes very quickly and the players take over and something like that so they will adjust stuff on the fly based on what the players are doing but the things are already set to a certain degree um to another extreme oftentimes in the nordic larps for example um, sometimes you're just a bunch of characters and you're hanging out. Whatever happens, happens. And there's no said ending at all. Um, personally, I, I like to uh, – my analogy is um, that as a, as a designer, I want to make um, – I look at a dancing. I look at music and dancing as the analogy. And the players, participants, are dancers. And I am the floor, the ballroom floor, as the designer. And I have to make sure there's always a floor underneath them. And they can dance whatever they want, foxtrot, charleston, tango, whatever dance they make, they dance. I just have to make sure there's always a floor underneath them. If they go out to the balcony, I have to make sure there's a balcony. If they want to go upstairs to the roof, I have to make sure there is an upstairs to the roof. Um, And I also, not only do I have the dance floor, but I'm also the music. I'm the orchestra. I have to make, so I set the beat and the tone of the music, which sort of, directs their dancing but you know we can have a rocking you know sort of dance but some players might want to slow dance while we're doing something fast and that's up to them they're not doing it wrong as long as everyone's dancing and as long as they have a floor underneath them then i'm happy um that's my personal thing a lot of other gyms want more control um and and want to be in charge of what the players are doing um, personally, I don't like that style where players are pawns, but some people do because sometimes they have really good GMs and enjoy the story that they're telling and like being a part of it, just a small part, a pawn in it. Um, but that's not my personal preference. But again, it's personal preference, and it does vary. Well, I just want to say, first and foremost, you're really hitting it out of the park with these analogies. That's a good one. The ballroom thing's a pretty good one. Uh, the other thing is that when, when these guys are in, in the combat, not to get down to the two nitty gritty. I'm trying to paint broad strokes here. How do you keep track of the damage you're doing? Like if you're, you know, if you're not doing the the paper rock scissors, which is nice and clean and simple. If you want to do other things, I'm watching some of these things and they're calling out like hits five, five, five. Like do you, I feel like the person getting hit, especially if it's a, like a big monster, is just making it up, like just ballparking it. Am I right? What? I mean, um, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> the, right. the hidden secret of of larping. So a lot of times in many of the larps in the in the in the combat larps. 
um, you have hit points like you do in Dungeons Dragons or video games and stuff. You know, have a health level, and you get hit so many times, and then and then you'll drop. Um, so what happens? And and there's so many variations. This is how you get these 200 and 300 page rule books. Is every different attack does different damage. Then you have armor, and you have to subtract that. And there's different attacks that go through armor. And it's, it gets very, very complicated. You know, we're nerds. You know, why make anything simple when you can make it right, complicated? Exactly. So um, what happens is you will be fighting someone. And, mo- again, this is not all LARPs. Uh, all LARPs have variations. But typically um, you get hit. You feel it. You feel the, the foam sword hit your shoulder or whatever. And someone will call out a number, like four. And that means you've just lost four hit points. And you, and you have to mentally, in the middle of combat, subtract four from whatever your hit points level is. And then you drop whenever you're at zero or something like that. Um, but Amp Guard, like I said, Amp Guard has a different system. Theirs is very simple. Arms and legs are worth one. Torso is worth two. You have two hit points. Done, done. No headshots. So you hit someone in the arm you know, um, arm once and then leg, they drop, you hit them in the gut, they drop. So that one's very simple, but it can get extremely complicated. And that's, again, personal preference, personal preference. Um, I don't like that sort of system, especially if I'm playing like a really buffed NPC or a really buffed character. And if I go in, I've got 30 armor, 15 hit points, um, you know, and plus say I'm magic and I have 20 magic points and I have to keep track of all that in, in battle. It just, I can't do that because I'm thinking I want to hit you or I want to cast a spell or I want to get out of the range or I'm, I'm thinking of tactics, but at the same time I have to be keeping numbers. So personally, I don't like that. And when I NPC, I never really keep track of numbers. I just, ah, I got hit enough. Oh, I'm going to drop. Here it is. That's the secret. That's can, the dirty secret. Can you keep, can you like dedicate someone to keeping track of the numbers or are you That's really way too hard is it yeah so what what i'm doing um what i'm going to try and do there, there's two things that that larps are trying to lean to and technology is coming in technology is going to try and help us out so there's there's a lot of um, movement and effort towards getting a foam sword that keeps track of it for you keeps track of your stats <laughs> for you cool so they'll mark you know using an rfid chip or something like that they'll they'll know when you've been hit or when you've struck and it will keep track of your um, uh, your system. It's sort of like the old laser tag, yeah. and it's an advanced sort of thing. The military does this with their military simulations called a MILES system, M-I-L-E-S, stands for something. Um, and, and it's like a laser tag harness, really. And when you get hit, it'll mark you've been damaged, and this is what happens. So I am using um, – I'm going to run a LARP in November, uh, November 14th to the 16th of this year, 2014, called the Dreamlands based on H.P. Lovecraft's Dreamland stories. And I'm going to try and use a new buffer combat system that's like flag football. So you have little Velcro tags that you're wearing, and when those are taken off, you drop. So you can see. You don't have to keep track of any numbers at all. It's just if those flags are gone, you're out. Um, and you just and your job is not necessarily to hit the person, but to get the flags off. So we'll see how it works. It could be awesome or it could be a complete disaster. You know, yeah, like, come out and see. Yeah, right. It could be either way. Well, what's funny, adding the RFID chips is kind of like adding the instant replay to baseball. You know, I mean, because like part of the fudge factor is when you get hit, you're kind of fudging the numbers. And now you have an exact. You know, someone said, I didn't get hit. And it's like, well, actually, we have this very advanced technology that said that you did. I mean, it's kind of a cool thing to do, I think. Yeah. I mean, they're trying it. And there's, you know, uh, amongst the the combat LARPs, you know, that's one thing they're trying to do. But, it, but it's sort of difficult you know, to do it and people are looking for Kickstarter funding and stuff like that. Um, it's possible. It works a little bit better with guns. So you wear like a laser tag harness and you have a, mm-hmm. have a gun that shoots an infrared laser. Um, that's easier to keep track of because basically when you die, the gun doesn't work. The, the gun is, is the computer that keeps track of stuff. And when it's been hit a bunch of times, it says, okay, you're now out of ammo. You know, you have a computer controlling this stuff. So we are moving along this uh this way but we're not there yet but check back in in you know three five years and maybe we are that sounds incredible (laughs) sounds really fun uh all right so to end the podcast let's let's talk about some i'm going to give you a couple of things that are uh in the real world and you tell me if it's larp or not i think you'll probably hate this but uh (laughs) speed round speed round what about a murder mystery dinner yes larp larp um what about the renaissance fair uh, LARP-like, but not entirely because you have an audience. Because the Ren Fairs, um, the, the people who pay are sort of 
watching, but they're not really involved. Although, if someone showed up in costume and interacts in in character and people also react in character, then it'll be alert briefly, maybe just for five minutes or ten minutes as you order a beer. Um, <laughs> but, but for the most part, it's not because it has that audience kind of situation. In other words, they're watching them perform plays and stuff like that. Uh, Civil War reenactments. Um, most of the time, no, but occasionally, yes, um, because, there, again, there's an audience there. Um, uh, I don't think it's a LARP, but it's very, very, very close because sometimes they'll train. So there's no audience. It's just them sort of training, and if they're doing it in character, uh, then that's getting close to LARPing. Um, I have heard that in between the battles, which are choreographed, you know, obviously it's set who's going to win, um, they just kind of wander on their own. Um, around the field or whatever, that's getting very close to LARPing. So mm-hmm. that one's to me right on the border. And you could have a LARP that's set in the Civil War. Where you don't, oh, absolutely. Yeah, where you're just not sure what happens. Uh, cops and Robbers. Uh, I think that's a LARP. If kids are in the backyard playing Cops and Robbers, that to me is totally a LARP. Um, what about cosplay, which is where people dress up in costume and pretending to be other people? Yeah, that is one of the big um, interesting areas uh, for me is cosplay. Um, and I've, I've been desperately trying to get um, some essays uh, from people studying cosplay, and um, I talked or well, emailed with uh, Dr. Andrea Letamende, who's a um, psychology professor at UCLA. She also appears in the uh, Catwoman comic book. Uh, she 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 does like psychology of comic books and stuff like that. And and um, DC liked her so much they actually made her a character. So she's Catwoman's. Not Catwoman, Batgirl, sorry, um, Batgirl's uh, therapist. So she actually appears awesome. in the comic book. But I asked her, I go, what is the difference between cosplay and LARPing? And she to, she gave the great def- distinction between me. She goes, um, LARPing is about performance. Cosplay is about presentation. And I go, wow, that's good. Yeah. So cosplay is presentation. It's about presenting the character, presenting the worksmanship of the costume and looking like the character, but it's presenting the character, whereas LARPing is performing as a character. You're performing for yourself. And I go, that's great. So thank you, Dr. Letamende. Uh, thank you, Dr. Letamende. <laughs> uh, what about Trapped in a Room with a Zombie? Have you heard about this? I just did this recently. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to that um, in a, or whenever. I have tickets. Yeah. Um, it can be. It can be. It's kind of similar to ARGs, alternate reality games, in terms of, like, you're kind of yourself trapped in a room with a zombie. If, um, if, if you are thinking about it that way, then yeah. Again, I think it's a border. It's a very nebulous sort of situation. Yeah, I guess. Maybe. Okay, uh, that's that's fair. Now, what about erotic role playing? This will probably uh, hit everyone who's listening at home. Yeah, um, I didn't want to explore that in my essay. <laughs> no, that's all right. Religion and, and the sex of it, but yeah. yes, uh, I think it is. If you're doing, you know, um, you know, uh, nurse and and patient or something like that, then yeah, it it, it could be LARPing for a specific purpose. Um, there is, there are erotic LARPs that, that have that, that aren't necessarily like sex sort of things, but they have sex as a theme, I should say. Um, but it's not necessarily designed to get you off. Um, uh, but yeah, I didn't really think about it because I knew it would get in trouble. And for the essay, it's like, this is going to be public and I want everyone to read it. So I'm just going to avoid the sex and religion sort of questions. Well, clearly you don't know why people read things. I would think if you put the sex in there, people are going to be like, oh my God, you got to read this. All, all about the, the sex in LARP and how LARP is sex. Yeah, man, come on now. Yeah. Um, all right, well, that's that's all I have. Let's let's plug some of the stuff that you have that um, people can come to because you, you do a convention, you do all kinds of stuff. Yeah, um, there's there, there's a lot. Um, so WeirdCon uh, convention again, W-Y-R-D-C-O-N, con convention. It's going to be October of 2015. We already just had the 2014 one. But there's a WeirdCon companion book uh, that I edit. There's two, the 2013 and the 2012 that just came out. Out. So if you look for Weird Con Companion Book, there's a lot of it's free online PDF. So there's a lot of essays um, talking about this stuff. There's um, interviews with uh, there's interviews with people. Um, it's it's a great resource to explore. Um, I also run. I have to give a plug to um, Seekers Unlimited. 
Seekers Unlimited is a nonprofit company that I started that does educational LARPs. That, that could be another essay, <laughs> an hour right there. But but I believe so strongly in the power of LARPing that I started a company where we go into classrooms and run LARPs for the kids. So we do the spaceship one and to make the spaceship go or raise the shield, you have to do fractions or math problems or whatever is connected. So please check out Seekers Unlimited. We're a 501c3 um, charity based here in Los Angeles. We're trying to do more games in classrooms. Um, the kids absolutely love it, like unbelievably love it, and the learning potential is amazing. Uh, so we could talk about that if anyone wants to reach me at Aaron at SeekersUnlimited.org. Um, and that's not just for nerds. There's some, you know, athletes and cool kids that are doing that too. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah, yeah yeah. It, it gets it gets you know all of them. Um, so Seekers Unlimited Weird Con. I'm doing the Dreamlands in November. Uh, if you can get out to Los Angeles in November 14th to 16th. Um, again, you can reach me on that. Jeez, uh, there's so many things. Um, how am I blanking all these? Uh, Nordic LARP. Check out the Nordic LARP if you're interested. If you're interested in my essay, look at Scribd. Uh, Cooler Than You Think, Understanding Live Action Role Playing. Um, the uh, Newt Punk books, Knut Punk. It's K-N-U-T-E-P-U-N-K-T. That's one of them. It's spelled differently depending on what country it's in, but you can find it that way. They have a bunch of books that have essays. I got a couple essays in there too. Um, what about Facebook, Twitter, any classic social media? Uh, yeah, I'm on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook, Aaron Vanek. You can find me, um, Aaron Larp. Probably easiest, just Aaron Larp, A-A-R-O-N-L-A-R-P at gmail.com, and I'll put you in touch with anything you want to know, anything and everything you want to know about Larp. Uh, well, you know, I'll put you in. Oh, I'm going to GamerCon, uh, which is San Diego. It goes on concurrently with San Diego Comic-Con. So if you're down so, at... Does anyone go? <laughs> uh, anyone yeah, know? yeah. Actually, um, it's, it's all games, video games and board games and card games. Um, it's outside of uh, Comic-Con, so it's easier to get into. They haven't sold out. But they get like 2,000 people um, in this building gaming for the weekend. And uh, we'll be doing some LARPs there as well as uh, panel talks about LARPing. So check out GamerCon. It's the same weekend as Comic-Con, so July 24th to 27th in San Diego. GamerCon, which is G-A-M, and then the number three, uh, R-C-O-N, so it's LEET. And the three is the E, so G A M three. R-C-O-N. Check that out. And I'm probably doing something else I'm forgetting. That's all right. We'll put all the links on the website, too, if you didn't catch any of that or didn't want to catch any of that or you loved all of it. We're going to have links for it that make things really easy for you to just click and send and bother Aaron with all of your LARP-related questions. Um, Aaron, this has been very educational, yeah. man. Thanks. Thank Thank you. Thank you. Uh, And thanks to everyone for listening. Remember, go to fascinatingnouns.com for all the links, www.fascinatingnouns.com. Thank you to everyone for listening. Have a good night.